1: These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories.
0: <laughs> Hello, once again, friends. Well, the candles are burning low, and our time together is almost ended but dry those eyes. It's not all bad news. For one thing, the end of this theme and the start of the next will mean the return of your beloved and regular host Luke Condor, completely refreshed and replenished by that extended herbal tea break that he completely voluntarily took in that small cupboard a few weeks ago. Listen to him now, banging away in there. (coughs) Calm down, Luke. I've got one more story. Don't worry. All that fuss... Anyone, I think the door was actually locked. Anyhow, completely conversely to Luke's situation, it's all too frequent that a character in a far off kingdom, tragic or otherwise, finds themselves in need of a rescue. And thankfully, these places have no shortage of brave heroes willing to spring into action. And no visit to a tragic kingdom would be complete without a classic hero story, now would it? So, for now, One last time before I close this book, saving our other stories for other times. Lend me your ears and join me as I read to you, The Rescue. Someone will come for me, Chamberlain. You'll see. I expect them to try. Your Majesty, but this castle and all of its defences, which I now command in your father's absence, will ensure that none shall ever set foot in this place, save for those who enter it by my leave. And yet, for all of the Lord Chamberlain's certainty, one warrior had already overcome so many of the obstacles that stood between the fortified royal haven that he'd spirited the young heir away to, and any who might try to breach it. Gazing up at the alabaster tower of the castle known as Faraway Keep, it all but glowed against the sparse gloom of the hostile mountainside into which it was built. The approaching would-be saviour allowed the blade of their unwieldy wyhander to sink into the mud until it struck solid rock, resting for a moment on the hilt of the already well-used weapon. The assault of the driving rain rattled their ramshackle and mismatched armour, hastily cobbled together from fallen friends and foes alike. At very least, the tempest had washed away all but the most stubborn flecks of blood from the protective carapace. Still, it would be unlikely that any would mistake this figure for one in shining armour. With a glance backward, a final thought was given to the battles already waged to reach this point, In years to come, depending on the telling of the story, it supposedly began in countless ways. In some versions, it begins with scouring raiders, tormenting the vulnerable and the weak. In others, the oppression of bone-grinding frost ogres who lay claim to any lands that they covered, or the ruthless tyranny of the Tithe Aridids who demanded a hefty toll from any who dare cross the birthright plains, and many others besides. However the story begins, And whether human-shaped or monstrous, the Traveller's Tale always culminates here. Lord Chamberlain tugging at the leash of every opponent along the journey. The cunning, yet timorous master of ceremonies, clinging to the power he held with every trick that he could muster. A crash of lightning illuminated the drowned valley ahead. The path to the tower would be as treacherous of a journey as any that had come before. But it would have to be made tonight. Many of the guards that had not abandoned their posts as Chamberlain took command were, at present, either nursing injuries or lost in the tangle of cursed woodlands that encircled the royal refuge yonder. This would be the best, if not only, chance to liberate the land from tyranny and oppression. Besides, to turn back now would mean certain death. Better to head forward where one's demise was only almost certain. The climb. Was as arduous as the hero had predicted and more. The storm showed no signs of relenting, making even the most secure foothold slippery and precarious. Progress offered little relief, merely making any potential misstep an even more assured fate as the falling distance to the jagged rocks below increased. Invading raindrops seeped through every armor gap, made weapons slick, and the pack the hero slung over their shoulder water sodden, growing heavier by the moment. Every inch was hard fought for, the heroes' every muscle ached, tensing beyond their limits to keep a grip upon the treacherous path. Footsteps felt like miles, moments like eons, but they would not be dissuaded, never turned from the just cause that could overcome any mere mortal fatigue. Finally, after what seemed like an eternity, one last pull saw the plateau reached, and there... Nestled between sheer walls of ebon rock, stood faraway Keep, a single candle burning like a lighthouse beacon at the very top, no doubt where Chamberlain had the raw progeny safely ensconced. He would be watching. No sooner had that thought flit into existence than the light shifted in the window, some clandestine signal, no doubt. Drawing a weapon, the sole survivor for the quest for the Keep began casting keen eyes hither and thither, across the mire between their position and the heavy doors ahead. The traveller prepared himself to face whatever guards or wardens might still remain within. At first, there was nothing. No cries of battle, no clatter of shields or the creak of bowstrings drawing taut. Suddenly, to the left, a shifting in a pile of sediment, on the right, a shadow passing through the remnants of a broken cart, from behind, in a blind spot, dashing footprints only just audible above the rainfall. Racing closer, swords clashed as the hero deflected a precisely targeted blow at the last moment, both warriors gritting their teeth as their blades met. Of course, Chamberlain was many things, but a fool was not among them. This was not the time for guards, but for assassins others would be racing in to attack as one they moved fast and would strike quickly but such fighters seldom encumbered themselves with armor decisive and deadly hits would be the warrior's best defense as the next assault came the hero feigned a moment's weakness the slightest slackening of the arm that permitted the attacker to feel their blade edge just a little closer to biting into the flesh of its target the slightest hint of a smile betrayed the overconfidence that this had borne in the assault. Suddenly, pushing back with an explosive effort, the hero sent the assassin staggering backward, weapon fumbling from their grip as they went. In a swift motion, the hero unsheathed the short sword with their off hand and slashed the assassin across the belly. The blow caused the unworthy foe to bring his hands down to grip the wound, natural instinct overcoming any training or sense of duty and ensuring no defence against the blow from the sword wielded in the hero's forehand as it came down to bite into his neck. Releasing the hilt of the embedded sword, the hero allowed it to fall to the floor, leaving it to drink the last moments of lifeblood from their gurgling foe as he crumpled. As the other assassins charged forward, the hero braced while feeling for a vial at their belt. The meeting with the visionary another point where versions of our story differ some include an ancient witch or wizard with boundless knowledge of both past and future and magic beyond mortal understanding others a lonely scholar made a pariah by a society not yet ready to embrace the discoveries that they had to share or a crystalline statue or a child in some tellings it's even a talking goat whichever version of the story you hear the boons and wisdom gained from the encounter invariably come to the hero's aid in times of great peril. And this version is no exception. With a flick of the wrist, the beleaguered warrior cast the vial directly at the closest assailant. Raising a gauntleted hand, the assassin met the vial head-on, thin glass shattering against jagged metal. The moment it touched the air... The Alchemist's fire from the glass tincture ignited with an unbridled fury, engulfing the approaching assassin and reducing him to a screaming ruin in the blink of an eye. Not even the relentless rain could quash the flames, and cries of rage and pain quickly shrunk to whimpers, and then to silence. One foe left, both combatants froze as their eyes fixed on one another. The assassin gripped a crossbow, trained on the hero, but with a look of hesitation, knowing that a miss would allow the distance between them to quickly be closed, bringing him easily within sword's reach, while the other agonised over whether to lunge forward or prepare to dodge. Before either could come to a decision, their stalemate was abruptly broken with the eruption of a blood-curdling shriek. The look on the assassin's face painted the picture of Chamberlain's betrayal Releasing the beast had likely been discussed as what would happen had their guild failed And this killer of men wanted no part of an encounter with a monster that recognised no alliances Dropping his weapon, the man fled The splashes of his cowardly footfalls drowned out by the beating of leathery wings from above Given a chance The man might have even thrown himself down the perilous cliffs in the hope of finding an escape. But before he had covered not 20 paces, the air was split with a mighty crack. Not of thunder this time, but with the lashing of the wyverns terrible tail as it cut the fleeing mercenary asunder in a single stroke. The hero watched as the wyvern feasted upon its prey. All types of dragon were rare, but this bizarre creature was truly spectacular. With no forelimbs, it rested on folded wings as it ate, its barbed tail still coiled to strike out should a threat approach. Such a monster would make a formidable final challenge for any hero. And indeed, in many versions of this story, a climactic battle is waged as the storm reaches its apex. One telling ...sees the resourceful champion use the discarded crossbow to strike the beast in its vulnerable innards... ...just as it unleashes an intimidating roar. Another sees great feats of strength and skill as the hero deftly dodges the Wyvern's assault... ...and then using their mighty Zweihander lops off the tip of its tail... ...finally using the appendage to pierce the monster's heart. A more compassionate telling sees a wise warrior... Notice the marks left by shackles on the wyvern's body And recognising the majesty of the beast Puts their weapons aside and looks it directly in the eye Appearing neither as threat nor prey Prompting the creature to simply fly away to its freedom in some versions And in others, flying the hero to the tower's summit upon its back Likewise, the fate of the wicked chamberlain Varies from version to version of the hero's tale that you may have heard In some, he drinks a poisonous draught as the hero enters the tower to escape from justice. In others, he leaps from the tower's high windows, or is gobbled up by the wyvern, or falls to his knees to beg for mercy, claiming to have only ever wanted to serve the crown. And then, our hero finally removes their helmet. Usually, though not always, they are fair of face. Sometimes he, or indeed she is discovered to be a lost heir, heeding the call to adventure and taking their rightful place as ruler. Other times, the rescued prince or princess rewards them with riches, land, or even their hand in marriage. They invariably live happily ever after. But of course, dear listener, you didn't come here for the story you already know. No. You came here for the other story. So let us dispatch with the specifics ...of how the distractions of the Wyvern or the Chamberlain were removed from the board. Choose whichever version you like the best. This leaves us free to learn our hero's quest, as the Grateful Prince or Princess, as is your preference, asks to know the hero's name. My name is not one that I expect anyone of importance to have heard, and is a name that I am quite happy to be forgotten. I come from no family of note. My home is too insignificant to even feature on most maps. I am no one, which is to say that I am anyone and everyone. These weapons and armour that I carry are far more likely to be recognisable and with more written provenance than I. Yet I do not know their stories. I took them because they were better than the ones I already had, and my quest requires any advantage that I can gather the royal heir sits, the rich lush fabrics of the extravagant bedchamber, the one place that they might almost appear camouflaged dressed in all of their finery. They ask the hero what reward or honour might be bestowed upon them for their rescue. I seek nothing for myself but the completion of my quest, for a malevolent and many-headed serpent has subjugated the land that I love. Where there was once a land where leaders won respect through great feats of ability or bold ideals, now there is only a forsaken kingdom, where the vile creature feasts in comfort during times of famine. The beast is surrounded by those it has corrupted with treasure and gifts of status and power to revere and protect it as it continues to leech from the land and its people. But the monster had grown too bold. And pushed all of the no-ones too far Finally, the malignancy that had remained hidden beneath a veil of inevitability Had its full ugliness revealed to the world And as enough reverence turned to resentment The tides began to turn There were great battles where the king had fallen And where countless princes, dukes and viscounts alike Were captured and humbled by the people that they had long seen as lesser The creature began to grow weaker and increasingly desperate as defiant people cried Viva La Terre with each of the Serpent's heads they cut off. The tower falls silent now, and the traveller makes their move, their name to be forgotten or fictionalised as hero or villain, depending on the teller of the story in ages yet to come. Solemnly, they raise their blade to strike off what they may only hope is the Serpent's final head.
1: I hope you enjoyed your trip today to the Tragic Kingdom. The Rescue was written and narrated by Andy Conduit-Turner, produced by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horrors, with an opening theme composed by Duncan Muggleton, based on the original music by Tom Robson. Additional music in today's episode has been provided by Dark Fantasy Studio, and sound effects provided by freesound.org and zapsplat.com. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch and Joshua Boucher and Carolyn O'Brien for helping with us some mission reading. And of course to Ben Errington for creating a social media fairy tale. Each tweet, a new adventure, every poster happy ever after. Andy Conduit-Turner is a writer, editor and podcaster from the UK with a love of horror across all mediums. You can find his stories featuring on several volumes of the other stories. His comics published by Horde Comics and more. You'll find Andy himself at AndyCTWrites on Twitter, on the Horror Hangout podcast discussing the best and worst of horror films. Oh, and standing right behind you. James Barnett is the producer of the Night's End podcast, a short story fiction podcast with tales of horror and the paranormal. Search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You can catch other works of his at jamesbarnettcreative.com. The Other Stories is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. So, until next time.
0: Small details are big surfaces? Tight corners are odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured or tall? Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them
1: getting even softer over time.